episode 21 of the Parkrun Adventurers, and we're still rocking out. We might be rocking out for a few more weeks. We've made it to 21, so this is our half marathon edition. Half marathon of Parkrun Adventurers, and well done to all of you who've stuck with us this far. You are now a half marathoner at Parkrun Adventurer Podcasting. Have you noticed half marathoners is, I think, becoming the thing to do? Now that you do 5K every week, nobody in their right mind is paying to do a 5K run. 10K, People are even skipping the 10. 10K is – well, I had this dilemma this weekend. Do I do a 10K trail run up at Mount Macedon and pay 60 bucks? And I thought, no, I'm not going to do it. But if I'd done – if they'd had a 20K option or a 21K option, I reckon I would have done it. So I think Park Run – is helping promote half marathons. Park runs the gateway run. I, I would say that that's probably accurate. People measure running distances now in park runs. So if they're going to register for a 10K, they'll think, oh, that's only two park runs. Yeah. You know, I do, I do half of that every weekend. I could do twice that much as easily. So, yeah, I think they, they're heading straight for the half marathons. Personally, lately, having done a couple of half marathons, I'm really loving the idea of 10Ks. Because half marathon was just a bit too far? No, it's not too far. I'm, I'm fine with the distance, but I miss out a bit, given my pace, on the social aspect. So I could do the 10K, finish roughly around the same time as the half marathoners of normal speed, and then I can still, you know, sit around chatting having a social time cheering the others in and not be completely thoroughly destroyed <laughs> having just spent three hours on my feet. So that's that's where the attraction of 10Ks lies for me. I get that too. But this is episode 21, so we're not going to talk about 10Ks. No, it's all going to be about the half. Or longest runs. They're coming up. Winter solstice is on Monday June 20th, which means on Sunday, June 19th, around Australia, there's going to be a couple of longest runs. For those of you who don't know what a longest run is, Scotty's going to explain it. Okay. Well, I'm going to partake in my first one because we've never done it before in Melbourne. This is all very new. So maybe you've, you should explain it because you're you've quite You've never had one in Victoria? No. You're in for a treat. Okay. I'll explain it. So Longest Runs started several years ago in Australia. I think they came from the UK where they do them on the summer solstice, which is around Christmas time. We tried it on the summer solstice the first year. Turns out attempting to run multiple park run courses in the middle of summer throughout the day, not such a smart idea. So they changed it the next year to the winter solstice. And what you need to do is basically, or, or they'll get hosted for you, is seven events, seven park run courses consecutively, and you get to run them. So there's a schedule throughout the day. You start pretty early and there's enough time for runners to participate in every event and then travel safely to the next one. 
it's not official. It's called the longest run as opposed to longest park run because it's not actually affiliated with park run. But obviously we're using all the park run courses on the schedule and doing a freedom run on mass with a group of runners. So everybody participates at their own risk and it is a super fun day. Like last year on the Sunshine Coast, we had our first one. Normally there's one in southeast Queensland in Brisbane or the Gold Coast or they have a couple. Um, last year was the first time we had enough events on the Sunshine Coast. So ours wasn't the traditional seven. We only did the five, although a couple of our park runners who joined us on the day also tacked on a couple of earlier and later events in northern Brisbane so that they could get the full seven in. But it was so much fun. You know, you travel, you don't have to do all the courses if you don't want to. You can help out the volunteers when some of the events do timing and take photos and things like that. Not all of them do, but yeah, it's you can run as many or as few as you like. It's a fantastic opportunity to do events that you haven't actually traveled to outside of Park Run Day. And you can do seven all in one day if you're crazy enough and your legs can't stand it. So love it, love yep. it. You're going to really enjoy it in Victoria, Scotty. So we're going to do seven down here, but let's also just emphasize one more time. This is not an official park run thing. This is just something fun to do on Sunday and freedom runs are fun things to do. So let's make that 100% clear. But we're starting at Gels at 6.30 in the morning, so it's going to be dark for our first one. And we might even finish in the dark by the time we get to number seven. Do you come across that problem up there? I schedule it um, personally so that there is between 50 minutes and an hour to complete each course, which gives plenty of time for people who want to walk a whole bunch of them or people who are slowing down throughout the day because obviously, you know, they're adding all those extra kilometers to their legs. So the closer your events are together geographically, the better off you are because you can allow more time to have you know, longer running times. Obviously, most people aren't going to take a full hour, so that even adds in an extra buffer of time for them to move on to the next event safely. Um, we don't factor in on the Sunshine Coast any time for eating because you don't want to have a massive meal while you're running all those things anyway. So people are encouraged just to bring enough snacks that they can nibble throughout the day and keep them going throughout all their runs um, last year, we did actually run behind from the very first event because we actually had um, an accident on the first course. We had a fairly substantial stack from a very um, well-known parkrun adventurer and it took me 25 minutes to patch him up. He was determined to do the next event and every event after that and the blood was running all the way down his legs again by the time he was halfway through the second event. So eventually we just stopped patching him up because it was just all falling off bandages and all. So yeah, that um, said it, it, <laughs> But he just kept going? He, did he finish? Did he do the more? He did. He did. He, he was one of the few people who actually did seven events that day. So He'd actually done one earlier in the morning before we started at Golden Beach and then he did another one on his way home to Brisbane. So seven events. Well, it's going to be very exciting. So there's one in Sunshine Coast, 
There's going to be one in Sydney this year. There's going to be one in Melbourne. We're still waiting to hear whether or not WA are going to host one. They did last year, which was very well attended. Come on, WA. Don't be left out. Having experienced the longest run for the first time myself last year, I didn't run any of the events, but I volunteered at all of them. So we, we take times in Queensland and give everybody results for the whole day. I know not all the longest runs do it, so don't hold out for times. Everyone's encouraged to bring their own GPSs. But the thing that really stuck with me was that at every single event, we, we actually gained runners sort of toward the end of the day. So people joined us in the later events and we had more runners and more runners and more runners. But the people, we I believe we had 15 who did every single event. And toward the end of the day, the cry when you said go got louder and louder as people's knees were seizing up and their legs were just completely anguished at the prospect of doing another five kilometers after having 45 minutes or an hour break since they had to do a last one. And it's something you'll notice. So so pay attention when you go to the longest run because people will be screaming louder and louder as you say go toward the end of the day. I'm going to record it this year for the podcast. Yep. Are you going to be running this year? No, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure I'll just um, I'll time keep the, all the events for the whole day and be the first aid officer in case anybody needs patching up again. You love volunteering. I do. It's we a great love you day. Yeah. Very lucky. So we're looking forward to it. So we're going to post that on the Facebook page, all the events, information. So I hope to see lots of adventurers there. We, we should say that the longest run is its own Facebook page. So not affiliated with Parkrun, but if you check out Longest Run or type it into Facebook as a search, you can find it and um, join the group, join the or like the Facebook page so you get the notifications for when the schedules get released. One of the events you're going to run at the Melbourne Longest Run is Coburg, which we celebrated. We had Pete on last week and we had the anniversary on Saturday. Great morning. Lots of C's. Did you, did you look at the photos, Mel? I did. They were great. What was your costume, Mr. Trickett? Look, this is where we're a great yin and yang combination. You do the costumes, you do them so well, and you love them. I'll, I'll, get, in, I'll get involved in the costumes, but I just can't pull it off with the same style that you can. So I, was, I went with the Chief theme. The chief theme, that's not what you told me you were going to get dressed up as. What did I say? <laughs> I'm pretty sure you told me you'd be a caveman. Well, the caveman costume fell apart, literally, in the office on Friday afternoon. Um, in the office you were wearing it to work? <laughs> <laughs> well, the material was purchased by my, my good mate, John, and then he took it home to make and... Might have left things to the last minute and might have overestimated his seamstress ability. And so he came as a clock and I came as a chief. Gotcha. I still, I still, yeah. There, there was some interesting, like I said last week, you know, people's interpretations of what something is for the sea is um, very interesting. But 
I, I believe we've got some more events coming up this week with different letter themes. So, yeah, some more challenging stuff to look for costumes for, I'm sure. And speaking of cool, something pretty damn awesome happened on Strava this week, Scotty. I know. Do you want to let the listeners know what it was? I know because I did it. We did it. Well, then you should tell people <laughs> so everybody knows. You might not think it's much, but it's going to be big. If you're not on Strava yet, you need to ask yourself why. You need to but, take a reality check. See if you're actually a runner. But there is now the Parkrun Adventurers Strava Club. And it is the coolest running club on Strava. It is. Our membership has grown. Exponentially in days. In only a couple of days. It's fantastic. <laughs> I but might actually have to the- upload some of my runs to Strava so people can see that I am actually part of this club. But you need to be in this club because exciting stuff is going to happen in this club. We're not going to tell you about it now. It may relate to adventures. It's always a good time to catch up with Robbo from the region of runners and topical because Robbo, in our half marathon episode, you had a half marathon adventure a couple of weeks ago in Sydney, didn't you? I did, mate, yeah, and uh, and thanks for having me, me back on the show. It's it's great to be here on number 21 and, uh, yeah, got invited to go down to Sydney and have a run at the Sydney Morning Herald half marathon and uh, I guess... I did it a little bit differently to other, pretty much every other half marathon I've ever done, and it was a little bit strange for me. I'm someone that has come from a background of running naked, and set up a little group called the Naked Runners. But um, and it's not as rude as it sounds for any of the un- uninitiated. It's more about leaving all your gadgets and gizmos at home and just running free every now and then. But there I was with two iPhones and a selfie stick on the front line of the uh, Sydney Morning Herald half marathon, and I proceeded to document the entire journey and um and post little snippets up on snapchat which is my latest little social media platform that i've been dabbling in so yeah it was good fun um i had intentions of trying to stick with a 90 minute pacing group and uh but i also had a little adventure trying to lead the race for the first two minutes and um to get some cool vision but that backfired a little bit because I don't think I ever caught my breath back from that. So, um, yeah, it was good. I didn't stick with the 90-minute group for too long. I think came home a bit, bit after all that. But a lot of fun, very scenic course. And I'm pretty sure loads of park runners out there as well from not only Sydney but all around the place too. So, um, yeah, very topical. Knocked over a half marathon and, and here we are at the Half Marathon podcast. So I saw a shot of you with Michael Shelley. So was that at the start? That's that's right. Yeah. So I paced Michael, and uh, and Harry Summers is the other elite athlete in that in that photo. I'm sure they were wondering what the hell I was doing, uh, but yeah, there I was brandishing two iPhones, and uh, they didn't really stop for an interview or anything. But uh, you know, I got the photo and and um, and got very very out of breath. So. Yeah, those guys absolutely flying. And that was on a downhill section. They would have been going well under three-minute per K pace and pretty much suicidal for, for me. I mean, I've been doing a bit of training and um, and I reckon I'm not too bad. But, yeah, those guys are on an entirely different level. And it was it was interesting to experience 
just how fast those guys go. So how long did you pace them for? I, I looked up. They had, you know, the car that is out in front. It's got the clock on it, which most of us would never see beyond the the start line. And I reckon I saw it kick over to two minutes. And after that point, those guys were off into the horizon pretty quickly. And then, yeah, and then the the, the ten thousand other runners started to stream through. So it was short lived, but um, tell you what, it was exhilarating. So explain the logistics of two iPhones and a selfie stick while you're running and trying not to fall over. <laughs> um, yeah, because I was actually running backwards down that first hill too, which was quite interesting at, at a fair bit of pace to try and get some shots. But uh, the, the camera on the or the phone on the selfie stick was just taking stock footage and I'd never used a selfie stick before. Uh, I felt a bit daggy going into uh, big W and buying one the night before the race, but I did get one and there I was at the start line with it. And so I was working out how to use it, um, but I had that going and then I had my other uh, normal everyday iPhone and that was hooked up to the internet and so I was able to sort of yeah, take a little 10-second video or a little picture here and there to um, upload to my Snapchat story, which was a bit of fun. So um, I threw the whole thing up on on Facebook and on, on YouTube as well. It's on Mossy and Robbo for anyone that is interested to, to see it. It's pretty blurry. It's um it's a, probably a little bit hard to follow at times, but, yeah, you'll see me yelling at a lot of people and trying to get people excited. And it was a, it was a lot of fun. So so one in each hand, I'm assuming? Uh, yeah, yeah. And it was a bit annoying, I've got to say, too, running along. You sort of wanted to get rid of them every now and then. But, um, yeah, sort of throttling the selfie stick up around where the phone is and then, and then another phone in the other hand. So um, not great for high-fiving, I found. So I sort of need, I think I need to invent a holster that you can pop your um, your transmitting devices in. So you can just, yeah, quick release, get them out when you need them and then pop them back in to continue with your running or your high-five duties. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, certainly a learning curve for me. You mentioned your mate Mossy there. You yes. have taken a bit of a break from the Naked Runners and you've started a new project. That's right, mate. Yes, the Naked Runners is just, uh, well, we got to episode 69 and we thought that's a nice time just to sort of hang up the boots for a little while. And being an Olympic year, uh, we're putting all our eggs into the, the Rio basket. So the plan is to get over there and create a, a fun little daily, I guess, package of what we see and what we experience on the streets and in the stands over there for the Rio Olympic Games. It's, I guess it's what you do when you're not quite good enough to compete for your country at an Olympic Games. Um, you find another way to get over there and, and, and soak it up and get in the mix. So that's what we'll be endeavouring to do. And, and just this week, we'll be launching our a crowd crowdfunding campaign to um, to invite the Australian public to help finance our, uh, our project. So, yeah, for anyone listening, if they want to find out more, jump onto mossyandrobbo.com and all the Mossy and Robbo socials. You'll, I'm sure you'll no doubt see it around. You might see me at your park run saying uh, help get Mossy and Robbo to Rio. But, yeah, the big thing, uh, guys, I, I want to do, because I look at the Parkrun global map and uh, there's no parkruns in South America, um, let alone in Brazil or Rio itself. So, basically, I, I'm pretty sure it's 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 going to be part parkrun um, missionary work and, yeah, hopefully we set something up, a nice little 5K course on, on Copacabana Beach uh, by the time we finish there in, at the end of August. So, We'll take a flag over and, and we'll see what we can do. 
So when Mossy and Robbo went to Scotland a couple of years ago, you had the tartan couch. What's the equivalent for Rio? The Samba sofa this time. <laughs> so we've, uh, we've um, yeah, because it's the, it's the capital of the Samba, of the Samba. So, yeah, one of the stadiums or one of the areas is the Samba Drome. That's where the, the marathon actually starts, where Carnival is famously celebrated each year. So, yeah, I think that'll probably work. The Samba Sofa on the beach um, at Copacabana, getting up to the Christ the Redeemer um, statue. So, yeah, look out for the Samba Sofa over there in Rio. And instead of those um, Scottish tam hats, are you going to be wearing fruit bowls? Yes, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Cannot wait. Instead of, and we used to have tartan Tuesday, and uh, you had to wear your tartan on Tuesday and share it on social media. But I think it'll be fruit bowl Friday, and you'll be able to get behind the campaign and, and wear your fruit bowl hat. So I, I don't actually own one yet, but um, be going out and sorting that out very shortly. It's a gap in my wardrobe also. I'll have to be sorting that out too. You've dressed, you've dressed as a banana before, haven't you? Pineapple. Pineapple, pardon me. <laughs> oh, you're qualified. Nick, you can borrow mine. You can both borrow mine if you want. Oh. <laughs> you've got multiple, obviously, Scotty. Well, you don't, yeah, I'm surprised you both don't have multiple. <laughs> fruit bowl headband. Cause it could be the other thing as well. Fruit, Just fruit tucked in on your headband, maybe. That could work. In your, in your naked runner's headband. In your naked runner's headband, yeah. Well, it's going to be hot in Rio, so you don't want too much. You know, heat escapes through your head. True. So the headband might be the way to go. Yep, yep. And what about back home, Robbo? Newey's coming up to their fourth anniversary in a couple of weeks. Planning that's, is already underway. Yeah, that's right, mate. Literally just tonight we've uh, we've had a planning meeting and it, it, um, it dawned on me how far the events come. We, we um, from very humble beginnings four years ago, to uh, an event meeting then, an event team meeting, which seemed to have about as many people in it as we had at our, our launch event <laughs> um, back in 2012. So it's it's look, it's a big show um, at Newey. It's um, but it's got it's it's always kept kept close that you know that really great community vibe, I guess, and and hopefully it will always re- remain. And yeah, we're very excited, I guess, to to celebrate. Uh, the fourth birthday on the 11th of June, uh, which is the Queen's birthday long weekend. So uh, that'll be good fun. It's the it's the first, it's the home of Parkrun, I guess, in the Hunter or what we've ended up referring to as the region of runners. So it does have a, a special place um, here locally. So yeah, we'll see we'll see how many people turn up on the day. There's a few uh, uh, course markers are going to be installed as well and unveiled on the day. So that'll be that'll be exciting. Branded course markers, so and uh, yeah, an, an Olympian, Olympic marathoner to be Scott Westcott should be there, and, and Kurt Fernley, um, Paralympic superstar. So yeah, should be should be a lot of fun. Seems like a bit of a master stroke of genius to me to have an event launch on a long weekend, and therefore your anniversaries every year on a long weekend. Perfect opportunity for parkrun adventurers to go for a nice trip away get a parkrun adventure in while they're down there. Are you expecting big numbers? Look, it's always hard to tell, Mel. Ever since we've had birthdays at Newey, we've, we've thought it could go big. And in the first and second birthdays, there was there was thoughts of it getting into to four figures. Uh, but a bit of wet weather has kept those, 
those down, and um, it's hit 800 a couple of times. But, um, yeah, it's, it's hard to tell. There's a few dynamics, I guess, happening at this time of year. It's, it gets a bit cooler, which personally I, I love because uh, I find it, you know, it running's a bit easier in the cooler months for me. But um, there's, a, I guess there's different things on, and there's a lot of, say, school sport. I know families with young kids that are you know, driving off to netball and soccer and, and footy and different sports um, have varying demand. So, but, yeah, long weekend, maybe some of that sport's off. People are, have a bit more freedom to, to go and, you know, get around a park run. So um, let's wait and see if it's good weather. Like, it has been absolutely magic in the last week or two down here in, in Newcastle and in the Hunter. So if it's good weather, people are keen and, they're you know, they're not so uh, worried about, I guess, having a, a slower run, having more of a celebration than, than running a PB. Then I think we could see yeah some pretty pretty big numbers on the start line. How many Daves do you reckon there'll be? Well, well there's a it's a it's a hotbed of Daves I've got to say at the moment. And um, look, I, I've got to thank you guys for for what you've done with the uh, with the development of the Daves and the Daves who run in particular. And uh, yeah, you know, harking back to previous a previous episode where Ian Hay was uh, unveiling the most commonly uh, named park runners on a given weekend and, and David was the highest ranked male name. So I had it in my mind, I was brewing up for a little while a, a running club to start called the Dave's Running Club and that was the, the final um, the final thing that made me decide to do it. So we have at the moment about 40 or so members of the Dave's Running Club and any any Dave who runs is welcome to join. You'll find it on, on Facebook. And uh, Newey Park Run in particular, I would say, yeah, no shortage of Daves there. Not sure what our record is. Maybe, maybe might have hit 23 Daves one time. So um, it's certainly, yeah, all's going well in the world of, of the Daves Running Club. So we can join the Daves Running Club? Well, and there's going to be a range of merchandise for the Daves Running I, Club? I think so, yeah. The, the logo's still in uh, early design phase. Uh, I... I regularly attend a, a long run with a group here in Newcastle <clears throat> called the Newcastle Flyers, and we have a, a, a three-dave minimum, so we have to have three daves on every one of those runs, and we generally do do get that, sometimes four or even five, so that's exciting. Do you accept, into your, into your running club, do you accept middle name Davids or surname Davids? Yeah, look, and on some of our... our um, <laughs> some of our meetings that we have on the long run, this has certainly been debated. And I think if you've got a middle name of David or Dave, then I think that gets you a ticket into the club. But um, yeah, I, it's, it's been, it's been up for debate a few times how, how strict it is. And the consensus has been, this is outside my, my hands. Yeah. They, they want it to be pretty strict. So you have to either have your first name or your middle name has to be David or Dave. And otherwise, um, we may have to set up a, a separate club, which is you know, Associates of Dave Running Club, or some <laughs> sort of support, Dave's Running Club supporters or something. But um, there's people considering name changes at this, as we speak um, just to get into the club. So it is proving very popular. And I, I'm all for gender equality. So what about Davinas? Yeah, look, it, it's, um, that has come up as well. And I think if it's a derivative of, of, of Dave, then it certainly has to be considered strongly, and I, I would be I'd be pretty keen 
We've had some females say, "Look, my 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 dad's is is Dave. Can I get in?" Daughters of Dave. There's another sub club. I'm generally pretty keen to to share the love and and open the doors, but um, look, I I can only go off what the what the committee thinks, and um, yeah, look, there's there's been a bit of reluctance to to let it open up, up that much just yet, but I think there's got to be ways we can. We can have look if everyone knows a Dave, so there's got to be ways we can support those that are somehow linked to Dave. Uh, but yeah, watch, watch this space, guys. It's it's certainly um, it's certainly evolving. I love that you have a committee. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty loose, but it's a committee. <laughs> so you've had an adventure recently, Robbo. Where where was that? Tell us the details. Yeah, look, this was an exciting one. I found myself up in Brisbane, Mel, on a Friday afternoon up there, um, speaking at a, holding a, a sports panel at, at a um, a leadership day, and it was at South Bank, and that's where my accommodation was at the Ridges Hotel at South Bank. So literally, I reckon I could have paced it out. It would have been ninety eight steps from from the hotel to the South Bank Park Run start line. But I've run South Bank Park Run before. And I've done New Farm before, so they're my, my only two Brisbane ones. So I, I rang up my Brisbane-based brother, Craig Robbo, Craig Robertson, and I said, where are we off to for a park run tomorrow? It has to be somewhere new, and it's in your hands. And he said, look, I'm going to pick you up, and we're going to go to Minipi Park Run. And um, so, yeah, we, we headed out there and had a lot of fun. They had a whole bunch of people in lab coats that day and one of their runners, I can't remember her name, but she was celebrating her 100th park run and she works does a, a job where she wears a lab coat a lot of the time. So that's why that happened. But um, yeah, and there was a guy in a clown wig doing the warm-up on a park bench. So that was pretty exciting. Um, I loved they had an acknowledgement to country, which was great. Um, they asked if there was any visitors. I got to stick my hand up proudly and say Newey. So, yeah, great course. You guys have both run it, I'm assuming. Well, Mel, you would have. Yeah, I've run it. Yeah. Scotty? No, I've never been to Minipi. Yeah. So, fair to say a lollipop description, Mel? With yeah, a bit of a stick definitely. and a... Yeah, and then two laps around the, the bulbous part of the lollipop <clears throat> and pretty flat. The locals reckon it's probably one of the quickest ones in Brizzy. Scotty, the big thing I thought of was that there's a bridge and you get to cross that bridge basically inside the first K. So um, you do that bridge crossing that gets you onto the top part of the lollipop and then you get to cross that bridge again coming home. So I thought you'd be pretty happy with that. It's on my list, but that list is very long. Get up there, mate, for sure. Um, So yeah, no, get up there. Big big tick for Minipi. One interesting thing, the the event team was saying, I spoke to, to uh, Carmel and the guys there, but when they had their New Year's Day double, that got a lot of people in that maybe hadn't tried Minipi before. And ever since then, they've gone from numbers of around 100-ish to well over 250 each week. So, And it was a big, strong crowd there when I was there the other day. So a lot of support for Minipi, which is, which is great and a good buzz there. And they even had a, a cake for the 100th park runner as well so snared a bit of cake and life was life was pretty good so big tick next to Minipi park run now robo this was your third outing in queensland 
I believe the first two outings each at South Bank and New Farm, you snaffled yourself a first finish. How did you go at Minipee? Oh, look, the pressure was on, Mel. Yeah, no, I couldn't keep it going. I had a, I had my hands full with a few young triathletes and don't they have a habit of popping up at various park runs up and down the southeast. Oh, constantly thwarting me. Yeah, yeah. So I know, I know you'd have that, that problem, but uh, yeah, no. Look, I was happy to have a good crack, but um, yeah, one of the one of the boys who's uh, Augustine Heights regular, he'd made the journey and he um, got under seventeen minutes, which was great running. So a lot of people speaking to them afterwards, getting ready for the Gold Coast Marathon in um, in six weeks or so, a bit under now. So. Uh, yeah, no, the pace was too hot. I'll have to, I'll have to um, pick a bit, pick a different week when, when 19 minutes gets you a, a first finish. So we'll see. It's all luck of the draw, isn't it? It is. You need to be a little bit strategic, I think. Maybe, maybe if I had the Brazilian hat, the the fruit hat on, that that may be what I needed. It would have scared them off, or weirded them out, put them off their game. <laughs> Got to do whatever it takes. Robbo, always great catching up with you. Hopefully we'll get you back on again soon. Yeah, love to, guys, and keep up the great work. Can't wait to to ride the journey for the next 21 all the way to the Parkrun Adventurers Marathon. So well done, guys, and happy listening to everyone out there and happy running. Our next guest is named Mel also, which is awesome. She hails from Parramatta Park Run in New South Wales. Mel, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. And thank you, Scott and Mel, for having me. So you are the event director at Parramatta Park Run, Mel. How long have you been doing that? I've been event director now since um, early this year took over from the previous event director who started our event back in March 2013, Jonathan Arthur. Yeah, you were the 21st event to launch in Australia, one of the first brigade. Were you there at the beginning? Yes, yes, I was. I was about a week before it started. I saw a post on Facebook from um, a friend of mine in a run club I was in at the time and it was fairly close to home, and it sounded interesting. And I thought, well, trying to get my 5K runs up for sprint triathlons. So I thought I'd go along, give it a, a go, turned up, and I thought, I don't know anybody. It's feeling a bit like a fish out of water with all these very fit-looking runners around me. So off I went, thoroughly enjoyed it, kept going back, um, suffered a few injuries along the way, so volunteered. Ended up becoming a run director, and here I am now. I was um, I, I ran at Rhodes, or I did a freedom run at Rhodes last week, and I did look at Parramatta, but it was just a bit further out in Sydney. But so, so tell us a bit about your course and where it's located. Right, the course starts at George Kendall Reserve at Ermington. In a way, Parramatta is a bit of a misnomer, but it does fall under Parramatta Council. It then runs alongside the Parramatta River out to the Silverwater Bridge and the turnaround point is about 500 metres past the Silverwater Bridge, so it runs in a westerly direction. 
then turn around and come straight back again. So it's a good course in that it is just out and back. I think some, for me anyway, sometimes if it's a two-lap course or something, sometimes after one lap you sort of go, oh, I've had enough and you want to sort of quit. When it's out and back, you sort of got to keep going in some respects. It's quite a scenic course. It's reasonably flat. We do have one little incline, I like to call it. A lot of people call it a hill, but it's not really. It's a nice little course. A few cyclists on the path, but I think you get that a lot of the uh, park run courses these days. We're just across the road, the river actually from roads, not far away at all. Can can you see any other park runs from where you run? Uh, no, we can't. There was at one stage talk of a park run starting pretty much the other side of Silverwater Bridge and we would have been running opposite sides of the river to each other. But that idea pretty much got knocked on the head as being a little bit too close to home. Now, we looked up your stats also, Mel, and we noted that you're you're a great volunteer, which we love. Um, And you've also done a bit of adventuring. You've visited nine other events. Have you you got a favourite amongst them or a top three? Oh, top three. Shell Harbour was very picturesque. I would like to go back to Shell Harbour because I wasn't very well that day. So that one was pretty nice. Bega would have to be a sentimental favourite. My father was born in Bega and he was an athlete. So it was a long-term plan of mine to get to Bega Park Run and it involved getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning while we're on holidays down the coast at Christmas and driving down to Bega to do Park Run. It was about three-hour drive or something, two-and-a-half, three-hour drive. And then we spent the day exploring all the area where my dad grew up and going out to Tarthra where his grandfather used to uh, ship cheese. He had a a dairy farm. So it was, you know, that was a nice one to visit and another one I'd like to go back to. Well, I like Probably. the idea that you got up and did a three-hour drive to the park run. That sounds like a real adventurer. I tell you what, my husband went above and beyond the call of duty on that one because he did all the driving and he's not a runner. He, he can't run for medical reasons, but, you know, he got up and he drove me and, you know, ferried me around Bega afterwards. And, but he, he enjoys the social side of it and meeting some of the runners and that sort of stuff, so... Probably, I mean, Barrel was quite pretty too, except it was three degrees when I went. And we squeezed that one in before my daughter's soccer game. She wasn't real thrilled, but, you know, if you're going to go to Barrel for a soccer game, you can go an hour early and go for park run. (laughs) I don't see a problem with that. We haven't had a chat about Barrel on the Adventurers podcast yet. I'm keen to hear more about that one because it looks like, is it, is it a trail cross country and they, they mow the paddock or something? Uh, the start is across a paddock and then you go onto a cycle path and you run on the cycle path for probably 4K. It's be the first and last 500 metres or so that's across grass. So you go downhill to start and then uphill to come back, which is fun when it's been raining, apparently. Or when it's been minus three degrees. 
or when it's minus three degrees and the ground's covered in frost. So yeah. <laughs> there's cows looking at you. and Big is a bit like that. You run through paddocks and there's cows. And, and the week after it's flooded, it's very aromatic. But, you know, it is fun. <laughs> Flooding the cow paddocks? Yes. Because it, go, it goes through the old race course and now it's used as grazing land. So the cows have been there and doing what cows do. And it that's floods a lot. That's interesting there. to hear because that was a report I got back that <laughs> <laughs> it had an interesting aroma. But the people are lovely. The people are wonderful and they're saying, oh, you know, come back and visit us and, you know, it's great. That's what I love about it, going and meeting all these people. I really want to get to more of the regional events that, you know, a little bit further out, not always just in the cities or in the suburbs. Do you have a bucket list, Mel, of ones that you'd like to visit? Well, then the next one on the bucket list is Batemans Bay. It's half an hour from where I go on holidays. So usually, up till now when I go on holidays, it's just no park run because it's like two and a half hours drive to the closest park run and I'm not that dedicated. But now I've got one half an hour away which means Saturday morning it's going to Batemans Bay, go to do park run, go do some swimming training afterwards, do the grocery shopping and then back to the caravan. So got it all worked out now. <laughs> it's my weekly trip into town. So I'm looking forward to giving that one a try. You hinted there that um, you're a swimmer. So do you have a triathlon background? Well, interestingly, my background is none of the above. Um I used to swim for fitness, but I've never swum competitively. And I guess my story is a lot like a lot of women who lose weight and decide to run to keep fit, um, which is what I did five years ago. I'm not terribly good at running. It's an effort. Um, despite the fact Dad was a, a top athlete, I think it skipped my generation went straight to my son however I decided I was cross training with swimming and cycling and lined up for a 10k run one day and went oh this is doing my head in can't do this anymore and decided I'd give triathlons a go and I just potter around it's an age grouper and do sprint distance and the occasional olympic distance and the occasional Olympic distance. So you're very casual when you just throw that in there. Well, yeah, I didn't quite finish one this year. I had an injury, so I had to pull out of the run halfway. But so when I say occasional, it, I've managed kind of one and a bit. But I mean, that's what got me into park run in the first place because 5K is the sprint distance run. And I was. Not quite there when I was um, when Park Run came about in my area. So I thought, well, it's a good way for me to get my running up to speed or up to the distance I needed for sprint distance. You know, my background is actually triathlon, and I have this newfound respect for people like yourself who are giving it a go, because I've been trying to give it a go for the past two summers, and I just haven't got there. So good on you for at least. Um, what did you say? Talk, just pottering around. Yeah, pottering around. Yeah. Pottering around. <laughs> I'm a, you know, confirmed back of the packer, and I keep saying to people, I reckon we have more fun up the back of the pack because we've got nothing to prove. We're not out there trying to get a podium finish and beat anyone. We're just out there having a good time, 
we've got my little other little saying, you know, my race, my pace, my way. I'm just out there doing what I want to do. And I was running with someone at Park Run one day and she said, oh, I did a triathlon once but I, I didn't think I was good enough. And I said, that made me sad. But I was chatting to her and chatted about my coach and, you know, she ended up getting in touch with my coach and she's done a triathlon since then and she's killing it at Park Run. She loves coming to Park Run every week. And she's just having a ball. When people don't think they're good enough, they think they have to be fast. They think they have to be the best at everything, you know. It's just a shame that people feel like that, that other people make them feel like that or they think they have to do marathons or half marathons. They they don't realise that, hey, if you just want to do a 5K park run every week, that's fantastic. And you don't have to do it in 20 minutes. You can take 45 minutes if you want. And that's the sort of message I try to get across to people, that it doesn't matter what level you're at, you're having a go and that's the main thing. Indeed. That's the message we're trying to get across. So good luck to you, Mel. Thanks for coming on the pod. Hope um, Thank you. a few people get out and adventure at Parramatta Park Run. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Good morning, Scott and Mel. It's Craig Curtis here, Territory Director for one of the territory directors in Victoria. I'm at the, uh, just been to the Portland Parkrun launch here in beautiful Portland and the weather's turned, turned on a beautiful day for us today. Uh, we, um, we actually have completed the run and we're back at the, the traditional post parkrun cafe where we're all having uh, breakfast and coffee and, uh, and I'm here with, uh, with Alan Hoskins, the event director for Portland Parkrun along with Brian Glover, who's part of the run team who's been helping Alan set up as well as Brian Barrera, ED over at Hamilton, and Phil Ackland, ED over at uh, Mount Gambia. So uh, I might just uh, start with you, Alan. So tell us a little bit about, uh, about this morning. Sure, mate. Hey, yep. Great day, beautiful day, beautiful Portland weather, as, as per normal. I predicted this. I thought it was going to be nice. Um, we've had shocking weather during the week, and just looking at the weather forecast, praying and hoping, and we got it right for, for a change. It was good. Uh, 148 um, finishes, so great result. And no problems uh, with uh, result processing, processing, which was great. Um, yeah, just a just a fantastic day, and everyone enjoyed it. Good positive feedback from everybody. Sounds really good, Alan. Thank you. <laughs> well, what's uh, thanks for that. There's been lots of people. Uh, I've seen lots of people come as tourists who, who've been in town visiting. People from Point Cook, and uh, I think there was people from Inverloch, and uh, was there someone from There's Queensland, the Gold Coast? Some Gold Coast. They've come from far and wide, all around Australia, which has been fantastic. A lot of um, people have actually travelled down this morning early from Geelong, which has been which has been great. It's a big drive from Geelong, three-hour drive, so to be here to Park Run, it's um, pretty good effort. And the guys from Mangambia, Hamilton, and around, around the region around here, and also from Warrnambool uh, and Port Ferry, which are, are looking at setting up Park Runs as well. So it's a, a great effort from everyone to come at this time of the morning and uh, get around, around uh, our park run. Fantastic. And as part of the event team, we have uh, Brian Glover. So Brian's been working hand-in-hand hand setting up the event here with, with Alan. And uh, for those in the, the running world know Brian as the uh, the old man in orange. Is that is that what they call you these days? That's what call me. Brian, yeah. so how many, uh, how many marathons and ultra-marathons have you done now? 173 marathons, 69 ultra-marathons. And what do you think of Parkrun as part of that... Uh, that's great. It's a good way program. for anybody that's thinking of doing these longer events. It's a good way of starting training and get the encouragement to be out there as well. Fantastic. Now, Phil, we have Phil here from Mount Gambia, as I said. So 
tell us a little bit about your morning, Phil. Did you? Uh, what do you think of the course, and uh, how does it stack up against uh, against the good old hilly Mount Gambier? <laughs> it's well, it's definitely flatter than Mount Gambier. Um, it's a very varied course at Portland. It's fantastic to run through. There's so many different aspects to it, and a couple of nice straight sections you can get some of the pace on. Um, yeah, different waterway areas, so it's really quite varied and interesting. I guess is the, probably the best way to describe it. And yeah, really pleasure to run around it. Very, very good. Brian, what about your, your experience this morning? Got the whole family here this morning? I think Alan was a bit tricky. Um, during the briefing, he didn't tell me there was a little bit of a hill. And it was oh, a bit of a surprise. You've just done 100 <laughs> kilometres last week, and you're worried about that little hill. <laughs> and he said it's a flat course. But anyway, it's, it's really nice. Um, I love the scenery. Um, I enjoyed the scenery, and at the same time, um, I think, it's going to be a fast course because it's not on gravel, but it's just a hill. Just know. a hill. <laughs> it's not that bad. <laughs> no, no, it's not that bad compared to the others, but Alan didn't tell me. <laughs> it's Thanks, Brian. Well, I think that uh, we might uh, wrap up there. So uh, congratulations, Alan, and congratulations, yep. Brian, on all your hard work in getting a new event here in Portland. and. We look forward to coming back for some more cake in 12 months' time. for the Definitely, and, uh, and you're all welcome back here at Portland. And thanks to, thanks to all you guys as well for the support you've uh, shown me over the last, uh, well, obviously eight months in this journey, and it's been fantastic. And all the support, um, Phil being over Mount Gambit, but also, also for Brian and uh, Diane, who really helped our event team out as well as um, showing us the ropes and showing us what, to, what to, to expect as well. So it's been great. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Hi, Mel and Scott. This is Eric Curtis reporting from Portland Parkrun Launch for Parkrun Adventurers. It was an extremely cold morning, and I would like to acknowledge everyone who got out of bed to come celebrate Portland Parkrun's launch. I'm with Parkrun Adventurers, Adventurers Sean Hill and Maxime Sylvester, who I know are diehard Parkrun tourists. Welcome, guys. Thank you, Thank Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. Tell me, what's so great about Parkrun that makes you drive for? 100 kilometres on a cold Saturday to join Parkrun. The wonderful people that are at the launch, like yourself, and all the other people that enjoy a Parkrun on a Saturday morning. And the camaraderie, it's really good fun. How did you find the course, Sean? Very nice, a little hill at the start, and, and of course then it was there on the way back as well. But apart from that, it was a beautiful course, very scenic, and good to run. Thank you. What is your home park run and is it any different to Portland Park Run, Maxine? Our home run is Point Cook and it's um, it's a little bit different. We don't have a nice lake, <laughs> um, but um, the camaraderie is really good out there with the high fives out and back course, which is really lovely, and it hasn't got that hill in it. <laughs> How many park runs have you both done? 89. 89 Today. How many different park runs have you been to? We've been to all the Victorian park runs, and I think that's about 32. Yep, two in Tasmania and two in Queensland. That really does mean your park run adventures. Have you been lucky enough to do any park runs interstate or overseas? We have done interstate. We've done two in Tasmania, Hobart and Launceston, and we've done two in Queensland at South Bank and North Lakes, which we go to twice a year. Um, but we haven't done any overseas yet. Yeah. Yet. Tassie is overseas. <laughs> um, which is your favourite park run? It'd have to be Point Cork. Of course. Yes. <laughs>
Uh, how did parkruns change your life? Um, a lot fitter with my great friends. And it's just really nice to get out and on a Saturday morning to start your weekend. Thank you very much, Sean and Maxime. Enjoy the rest of your day, and I hope the rest of your time in Portland is awesome. That's all from Portland. Next stop, Yu Yang's Parkrun launch sometime after winter. Zara was back with another roving report from Portland. Another successful launch. And there are adventures happening all over the place this weekend. We actually had a roving adventurer checking in from the Warwick Pentathlon, obviously, in Warwick. Her name is Melissa Taylor, and she chatted to a whole heap of the half marathoners this weekend, and this is what they had to say. Okay, so this could end in disaster. This is my first time doing an interview for Parkrun Adventurers. This is Nola from Warwick Parkrun. This is her second... Full penta. Full penta. She's just finished the 21.1. Now, do you want to give some thoughts on the race, Nola? Oh, uh, well, I was um, uh, pretty pleased with how I went. Um, this pentap has a little special thing to our family because my daughter's running as well. Four years ago, she was injured in an accident a week before pentap. So she ran it for the first time today too, so it's pretty special for us. How's she gone? Good, yeah, she came in 20 seconds ahead of me. Yeah, so, um, but we're park runners, so yeah, no, all good. Oh, good on you. Okay, interview number two. This is Ralph from Nambour Park Run. I might be biased, but it's probably the best park run in Australia. Ralph did his first 21k today. Ralph, could you tell Park Run Adventurers about the race? Oh, it's uh, very well, scenic. I don't want to annoy anyone. Uh, do lots of greenery. Um, lots of water. Yeah, it's great. Some um, Cheryl from Nambour Park Run. She used to help out at the Warwick Park at the Warwick Penta. Cheryl's now with Nambour Park Run, and she's finished the 21k. And Park Run Adventurers are having their 21st episode this week. Cheryl, can you share some thoughts on the half marathon today? Oh, it was great weather. Um, yeah, challenging course as usual. A few ups and downs, and. Um, yeah, it was a great run. There's really, really good run. A couple of sneaky hills. There's sneaky hills. Um, yeah, and it's a, a good finish going up a hill a little bit <laughs> to the end. <laughs> you start going down, you think, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> but it's challenging, it really, yeah. But beautiful going from A to B. It's, yeah, it's a really yeah. good half marathon. Now, you probably know the voices <laughs> from. Um, Episodes such as Parkrun Tourism Blogs. Crack a lacking, crack a lacking. <laughs> it's the Polmans. Hello. Hello. And they followed their butts most of the way. Did you? I did, yeah. You oh. cheeky thing. Ooh. Actually, we had, we had some of your um, running group, I think, who were talking about donuts the whole way. Oh, God. That was really bad because they're talking about caramel donuts and bacon and peanut butter back donuts. No, that was me. I was the bacon and peanut butter donut. Bacon donut. The Elvis from Donut Time. Oh. That's a shout out there. Free sponsorship. Yeah, sorry. Lucky I didn't hear that. And they were talking about my orange shorts. Yes, they are rather bright. Peter is known as the ugly rainbow. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I do try. He's flying the rainbow flag today. He is flying the rainbow flag. Now, how many times have you done this course? 
Uh, this is our second year of doing the five events. So this is the second time we've done it. No, okay, well, yes, that's, that's very true. Good that's point. encouraging. Thank you. We can Thank always you. rely on Ralph to bring you back down to We London. can edit him out later. Being locals, we do get to train on at least the first part of the course. So the first hill we get quite used to. But that one at 18, 19 k's, yeah, what can I say? It was a bit nasty. We look forward to the 10k ascent tomorrow. I can't wait. Heard, That's the fun I've one. I've heard all good things about it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. I'm trying to do a sneaky interview with Tracy, and she's just worked it out. She's not silly. <laughs> and we're getting a lift back in the car with her husband, and he's in the bad books at the moment because he, he wasn't at the finish to see her cross the line. Now, Tracy, just give me one word to describe the half marathon. One word. Hilly. Hilly. It was. And here comes another runner. Oh my god. They're still finishing. It's the last one. Wow. Well done, girl. She's <laughs> Okay, so take two with Deborah Mills. We're sitting in a pool. Well, she's standing in it, getting a nice bath, and I'm freezing it's my butt, free dipping my toes in. <laughs> Absolutely freezing in here. Warwick is beautiful though. You have beautiful blue skies today and it's not too cold. It's It was perfect running conditions, don't you think, Mel? Absolutely perfect. Yeah. Just the right amount of hills. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we could have less hills and there's long stretches of nothing, but the horses, it was amazing to be running along oh. and there's just horses galloping towards us. Did I know, you see that them? was amazing. Yeah. yeah, with their manes flying and the sun reflecting yeah. off the manes and the kelpie that was going crazy up and down the... Yeah, and with the cornfields, I think you know, corn or wheat fields, just the, the noise they were making this with the wind. It was, yeah, it was beautiful, and the skies were clear, no pollution. And it's just perfect running weather out here in conditions. So we've done the half. Deborah's been sorted out by the chiropractor. Yeah, I feel like a new woman. <laughs> and now we're ready to go nail some more hills at the cross country. Uh, yes. So we've got some vicious hills on the on the golf course at Alora, so we've got to do them twice. So we do one lap and then realise we've got to do it again. So, yeah. yep. But the worst is over. The worst, well, no, it isn't. The worst oh, isn't, isn't over. Oh. No, the 10K what? tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Tomorrow I'm running up to Queen Mary Falls and we're just speaking to the owner at the um, Coachman's Inn and he was saying how bad the hill is. So yeah, awesome. it's going to be fun. I'm here on false pretenses. I thought it was a party. <laughs> it's a party afterwards. We're having a party tonight. Okay. All right, I'm in. <laughs> Thanks, Deb. All right, I've got John Pearson here from Noosa Park Run. Now, John, Park Run Adventurers are celebrating their 21st birthday this week and you just ran 21K. Can you describe the course in one word? About 21 k's long. <laughs> that was more than one word, I think. You're not very good at maths. You might be a good runner. Scenic. <laughs> Scenic. It was. It was beautiful, wasn't it? It was. How did you go today? Okay, yeah, just trotted it through nice and relaxed to make sure I can get through all five events in one piece. Okay. What time would relaxed be? Uh, just over 121. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> just an hour quicker than me, but... <laughs> as long as we're both relaxed, we're all good. That's right. <laughs> well, congratulations. Did you eat donuts at the end? No, no. <laughs> I was elite athletes, just looked at donuts <laughs> and then went gluten-free cardboard. Oh, what about last night? What happened at the RSL? Can you share oh, anything? Oh, <laughs> just a standard roast dinner that us poms normally eat and five desserts. Okay. Yeah. Any beer? No, no. no. What? A gluten in beer. 
Okay, podcast number interview. I've lost count, but um, here we go. Parkrun adventurers. I've got Marie and James, and they're lining up for the cross country. Yes, but they finished the half marathon, which is 21k this morning. How do you feel after that? <laughs> I feel I did the personal best. PB, awesome. Yes. <laughs> Chucking some push-ups and burpees afterwards? No, I was burping a lot. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Marie? Yeah, good, good. Not too bad. I'm a a first-timer at this event, so it's pretty exciting. Yeah, It was pretty scenic, wasn't it? It Beautiful. What did you think of the hills? They weren't as bad as I thought. And it was nice to see the top of them and know that there's going to be a down on the other side. That's that's how you do it. You take advantage of that down and shorten your step on the way up. (laughs) So which park runs are you from? Callanville. Callanville. Okay. Brisbane. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, good luck for the rest of the event. Thank you. You too. That's only just a bare second and there's only three more to go. That's right. All right. I'm at race three of the Warwick Pentas, standing outside the Dunnies, meeting people, (laughs) as you do. And I've got Tara and Sarah. Sarah. Which park run are you guys from? Gatton. Gatton. And you did the 21k this morning. Yeah, yes. Parkrun Adventurers are having their 21st birthday this week, so that's why we're interviewing all the 21k people. How'd you find it? I did a PB! (laughs) (laughs) Is it your first time on this course? Yes. And so, first time for both of you? Yes. Yep. Oh, excellent. Well done. How would you describe the course? Hilly. (laughs) That seems to be the consensus. Yes. And what about fueling for the night before? What would you do differently? Uh, Anything? No, I think we've no. been pretty good. Yeah. yeah. What did it involve? Pasta, pizza, beer? We had pizza. pizza. <laughs> we had fish and chips. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's all well pasta. Done. I mean, all carbs. <laughs> and that's how you get a PB, folks. Fish and chips and pizza. <laughs> Thanks, girls. No, I'm meant to be commentating on the half marathon, but I'm going rogue. And I'm interviewing Jason and Eric from Brightwater Park Run. Tell us about your weekend, guys. Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. The legs are shattered. Eric, Eric, Eric's been in the hurt lock ever since the half marathon. He thinks it's a little bit harder than Park Run. Eric, do you want to tell us a bit about your training? No, no, zilch. No, I, I did two 10 kilometer runs last week, and that's the most I've done apart from park run each week for the last year. Yeah. So, um, yeah, full of beans. Yeah, and we Jay- won't be back here next year. <laughs> and Jason, do you want to tell us where you spent most of the weekend? Oh, uh, I spent most of the weekend in a coffee shop or a uh, massage table. Or a massage table. In the first 600 meters of the half marathon, I, uh, I thought I tore my calf muscle again, but it's come good in the last run so I'm going to give it a good old hit the 1500 metres. Okay can you give me your thoughts on the first 600 metres of the half marathon? Oh it's beautiful it's the most expensive <laughs> 600 metres I've ever ran in my life but I tell you what it was so much worth it walking back my head down between my legs. Yeah, they thought this guy was fast or slow. Yeah, so. No, it wasn't wasn't too enjoyable. No, it was well worth the visit down a while again. Okay, we've only got one race to go. Right. It's going to be a toughie, a whole right. 1,500 metres, so good luck, guys. Yeah, same right. to you, Melissa. Yeah. I'll smash it. <laughs> she was busy. Well done, Melissa. That's some awesome adventuring and roving adventuring. Thank you. On Facebook last week, not only did we have a picture of a shirtless Paul Rudd, 
shared across the country. Scott Watkins also shared a groovy little link which helped us find our Nindy. Ninid. I always Ninid. get that wrong. Ninid. Um, so I think you like just saying Nindy. Nindy. No, you're Ninid. And it was a really cool link. Go to our Facebook page, look over in the visitors' posts. He posted this um, tool that helps you find your nearest 5K run to wherever you are in the world, literally in the world. It'll find your nearest 5K run. So thank you, Dr. Scott. What else was happening on the social scene? Were we everywhere on the social interwebs this week? Yeah, we were all over the place again. We're always all over the place. On Instagram, we had Run Jo Run sharing with us her road trip. She said, woohoo, another road trip, this time to the wonderful city of Portland. Love going to parkrun launches to see the excitement of the organizing team, the new people about to experience the magic for the first time, and, of course, the chance to catch up with other parkrun adventurers. Finding My Balance had a gorgeous morning out running with the Kapalabar parkrun community. Jeanette Campbell, 21, was park running for her 50th birthday with Elizabeth O'Neill, 1980, who was running her 50th park run. And she said, like twins, but different. Congratulations, ladies. Happy birthday, Jeanette Campbell. And well done on your 50th park run, Elizabeth O'Neill. And finally, wrapping up on Instagram, we had Miss Spelt. Half a freedom run on the Warwick Park Run course along the Condamine River. Love the beautiful big old gum trees guarding the riverbanks. Warm up for tomorrow done. So she was heading to the Pentathron, obviously. We've got no launches this week. No launches. That's okay. We're having a break from our global domination. Heaps of anniversaries, though. That kind of makes up for the fact that there are no launches. So, Mel, where's the anniversaries this week? Where's the anniversaries? I don't care about anniversaries. I care about cake. It's not all about the cake. Well, a little bit of it's about the cake. <laughs> well, this week you can get cake and all fancy dressed in Castlemaine, Victoria. They're having their first anniversary and it's a C&P theme for Castlemaine Park Run. So they've got double the letters, which means I, I would be really interested to see which park runners go as the C and P themes. They've got to get both the words going. Well, I'm, I'm fresh with ideas for C, but I, I haven't extended my, my brain capacity for C and P. Carpooling? Yeah. You can go <laughs> carpooling. You could go as a carpooler. <laughs> you could go as a captain pirate, a pirate captain. It doesn't have to be CP in that order, I guess. Or... You could just go down to Devonport for their first anniversary and they're just sticking with the P theme. Otherwise, you could go to Highlands back in Victoria for their third birthday. They're having tiaras, top hats, ties and tutus. Got to love some alliteration there. I'm heading to Highlands, so I think I might borrow one of Kasha's tiaras. I'm yet to see you in a tutu, I think, Scotty. Growing up in a ballet family, I've had enough tutus. So I can I can categorically say you will not see me running in a tutu at parkrun. You don't have to run in it. You just have to wear it. I can cat- categorically say you will not see me in a tutu at parkrun. <laughs> Sorry to spoil the fun for everyone. 
I think there's a lot of people out there whose hopes and dreams just got dashed. Hopefully none of those people are at Mount Penang because they're celebrating their second anniversary as well as Penrith Lakes. They've been around for two years as well and they're going blue. They're working blue this week for their second birthday. And I must admit, I saw the photos from Tari last week. And the blue theme works really well. Looks good. Blue's a good colour. And last but not least, we've got the Ponds in New South Wales celebrating their first anniversary with a fluoro theme. So hopefully we got you to the end of your long run, filled up your commute this week. Hopefully we made you laugh out loud on the bus or the train in front of the other people and they're wondering what you're listening to that's so witty. Well, when you step off the bus, shout, Pac-Man Adventurers! Yeah, because <laughs> they're not going to think you're crazy at all. We're getting Tim back on the podcast next week. He's had a nice break. So I hope you've all saved up your questions for him. We're going to throw a couple at him but we'd also love to hear any questions you've got. So make sure you send them through to the email address, parkrunadventurers at gmail.com, or just send us a Facebook message as well. Don't forget you can always hashtag everything and anything you do parkrun adventuring related with the parkrun adventurers hashtag. That way we'll find it on Twitter and Instagram. Throw us a review on iTunes. We haven't had one of those for a while. Throw us a good review. We're not really interested in the ones that are poor. No, I, I, would, I wouldn't mind as long as you give us five stars. Give us five stars <laughs> and then just bang And then us out honest in the feedback. Yeah. <laughs> Don't ruin our ratings. So do that this week and we'll catch up with you all next week. Happy adventuring. I'm on my way home. For years I've been gone. Let the captain guide us to our own land When I first set off The girl that I loved Said she'd wait for me I was a rich man
I gave my heart to the deep sea